The Accidental Entrepreneur is brought to you with the help of our sponsor, AWeber, the world's leading small business email marketing and automation service provider. Since 1998, AWeber has helped more than 1 million small businesses and entrepreneurs through its suite of web-based email marketing, automation tools, and education. AWeber, the best option when it comes to marketing your business. The podcast is also brought to you by The Alternative Board. Since 1989, The Alternative Board, or TAB, has been one of the leading peer advisory and business coaching organizations for independent business owners and CEOs across the world. By facilitating peer advisory boards, private one-on-one coaching, and strategic planning services, TAB helps business owners improve their businesses in ways that change their lives. And be sure to connect with our affiliate sponsor, GSM Growth Agency. They're boosting e-commerce businesses to six and seven figures in revenue and cover everything from ads and social media influencers to making your website better. GSM Growth Agency focuses on taking businesses from startup success to bigger success, going above and beyond to make sure growth sticks around. They're all about cool ideas, lasting partnerships, and making your mark in the e-commerce world. And be sure to support the podcast by ordering some logo merchandise from our online store. Listen to all of our sponsors' commercials later in this episode and follow their links in the show notes to learn more about their products and services. I, w- I got really into like natural products and stuff. So I started creating um, these natural like body scrubs mm-hmm. that my husband and I would go around and sell them at different farmers markets and trade yeah. shows and like just markets because there's tons of those in Florida. Right. Um, it's just like the perfect weather, the perfect environment. And like that was, around, oh my gosh, it was amazing. Like, I just remember like, like you know, body setting up like my booth. Like, and they had different ingredients and you use them in yes. the shower. Got yeah. It. Essential yeah. oils, you know, all that good yeah. stuff. Um, so we had like, you know, a, a line of these and right. they were just so popular. I don't know if it was because, you know, you scrub up real good and then, you know, it, it just makes your, you know, your legs and your arms feel wonderful uh, when people are getting like beach ready, you know, or pool ready since we're all in Florida. Um, but we did that so well. And that actually covered our expenses. And we were like, holy Nikes, like we are actually just running a business and like we're not working for other people. And it's paying for us and four kids to live, you know, by the beach in Florida. It was really cool. That was really, nice. really cool. Nice, nice, nice. And I think some of the, the natural products and stuff you can do, like, you don't need like a chemist to do it. No. Crazy co-packers and stuff like that. Yeah, right. So we just concentrated on um, things that we used that were, you know, easier to make. Yeah. Um, and we had like body butters that were whipped. I, I mean, it was pretty cool, but I just loved it. You know, you got to design your whole little booth and people would come and it was called skin smoothies. Yeah. And um, they would come to our booth and we had regular customers and we would go to, you know, different locations. It was just the cutest little thing. Now, what happened with that business? Okay. Welcome to another great episode of the podcast. Um, we have a, an interesting conversation with my friend Sheree uh, out in Seattle, the Emerald City. We'll bring her on in a minute. We're going to talk a little bit about um, virtual events. That's her business. She's going to tell us her story. And um, I think virtual events is something that we really haven't talked about on the show before. And I think it's really valuable to a lot of people in the growing their businesses. We'll talk about that. We'll bring Sheree on in a minute. And if you are listening on your favorite directory, be sure to leave us a five-star review wherever you can. If you're listening, uh, watching us on YouTube, 
subscribe, hit the like button so we can keep bringing you the kind of content that uh, we are bringing you today. So let's get on with the show. The information provided in these episodes is for entertainment purposes only. It is not a guarantee of success or to be construed as advice of any kind. You should always seek advice from local licensed professionals before making any decisions. The dictionary defines an entrepreneur as a person who organizes and manages any enterprise, especially a business, usually with considerable initiative and risk. People often start a business without much choice, perhaps due to a job loss or just being dissatisfied at work, and they come up with an idea they just know can be successful. They become entrepreneurs by accident. That is to say their success or failure happens by accident, not with intention. My name is Mitch Beinhacker. I'm a corporate attorney and a business advisor. You're listening to The Accidental Entrepreneur, my podcast about how to achieve success on purpose, not by accident. Join me along with our monthly guests where we share our knowledge and help you get a hold of your business. And now on to today's episode. Well, hey, I'm Cherie Collier, owner of thesummithost.com, where we are all about virtual summits and virtual events. Um, we offer done-for-you and DIY products and services to help make virtual summit planning and hosting stress-free and super accessible for anyone who's ready to summit and scale. All right, Cherie, so uh, thanks for your patience. This way, I don't have to do any video editing later on, so it's all played as we do it. You can hear me clearly? I can. Okay, I can. good. Um, but I'm excited to have you on because I know you're out in Seattle. The funny thing is it usually rains there and it's raining in New Jersey, but you know, it is what it is. Um, and to talk about virtual events and th- the business that you've kind of built around, well, you've not kind of, you've built around helping people run virtual events. But why don't we go into your background a little bit, your entrepreneurial background and kind of what got you to where you are. And then maybe in the second half, we can talk about tips and tricks and without giving away the farm to everybody, but to get mm-hmm. them interested in summits and maybe even use your services. Does that sound like a plan? Sounds good to me. Yeah, okay. sounds good. All right. So let's hear about your background. Oh, so, so wide open. Such a wide open <laughs> question. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, um, yeah. Thank you so much for having me here. My name is Sheree Collier and um, yeah, I'm all about virtual events at this point in life, but I'm actually more about uh, just entrepreneurship, diversifying my income, and really just finding creative ways to make money online. Um, And this all kind of stems from my mother was an entrepreneur. So I just kind of watched her as I was growing up, you know, she had like this internal like fire, this internal drive, you know, she was kind of the hustler in the family, like she always had an idea of something that she would be working on to produce income, you know, put food on the table, um, generate, right. I mean, it was harder. Oh yeah. Online virtual systems. We could just plug in Amazon and open up a store. I know it's so crazy. I look back on like what I see as her start in entrepreneurship. And I like, remember that day when we got that little, CD in the mail that was like America Online. Yeah, we <laughs> about that in another show, right? <laughs> and now everyone's online, but back then yeah. she wasn't. You know, she had to do a lot of it just in person. I remember going to so many meetings with her. I started off as her assistant, and I would come and like take notes. That was like my job, and I, I it was like a gift and a curse, right? 
gift, you get to work for your family business, your mother who's out here creating something from nothing. You get to see this woman who has raised you, like build up this business. And it was very inspirational. But it was also quite boring to sit there and take notes in these uh, these meetings that I didn't really have much, you know, interest around it. Or at least I thought I did it because she was all about marketing. I was like, ah. Yeah, you're like, really, why, why do I need that for? How old were it's you? Not really my thing. Um, this was I worked for her like fresh out of high school, so from like seventeen to like twenty something. Yeah, yeah. you're like, I mean, this is stupid, mom. What am I doing this for? I know, you know, you just want like a like a cool job at like a hair salon or right. <laughs> a cool yeah. mall job. Right. And here I was working for my mom's marketing company, but she was building it and she needed like a team of people she could trust because it was growing and she had all these clients and I would spend hours sitting in her home office and that grew over time to what that looked like. But in the beginning, it was me and her in like the smallest bedroom right. of her house. And, and what did you do? Right. Was she, she was helping other businesses market. Is that what it was like a marketing? Yeah. Like, yeah. She would come up with their whole, you know, integrated marketing campaign and she would run that for them. She would create websites and create brochures. And then we got into a little bit of the, um, event planning. And I would, I just loved it. And I would like take that piece on for her, take that off of her plate. Um, so excuse me, once, once we got into a little bit of that, it, it definitely piqued my interest a little bit more into like, hmm, what's my role here? Right. Like when but, you start seeing it work for people, is that? Yeah. Kind of- because I was like, oh my gosh, this is so creative. This is so crazy that she. Hmm, yeah, okay. Me. You need a drink. That's live TV for you. And hold on, you muted. Hopefully, you can edit all this out. But if not, yeah. it's okay, guys. Yeah, it's all right. Uh, <laughs> it's live TV like that. It's all uh, we're doing so, this as we go. I just thought it was incredible that like she came up with this idea to create her own marketing company, and then she was actually making it happen. And she had like real people. And at first, I gotta be honest, and I get this now from like other people in you know life and in my family or whatever, where they're like, you know, you call, they call it like your little business or, right. you know, she does, you know, a little bit of this or something like that. So we definitely, cause me and my sisters um, would downplay what she was doing. Cause we didn't understand right. it. Yeah. And looking back on that, I'm like, Oh my gosh, why did we do that? That was so horrible because she was so amazing and is still amazing. And just inspired me to, go down that same path. Like I literally went down the same path of creating a business that I just kind of pulled out of the air from nothing. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like she's changing your life and you didn't know it at the time, nor could you appreciate it. Right. I mean, that's, what's uh, amazing. My dad was like that. He was in sales. He was always showing me stuff, dropping things on my desk to read. But in those days, see, I'm older than you. So in those days when I had a couple of businesses, I would do things locally, like make fishing rods or string people's tennis rackets and stuff. But I couldn't do it online. I couldn't like advertise because yeah. it was just local. I would put up little signs on the little, uh, you know, the po- the telephone poles and stuff like that. And people would call me and then they drop the racket off. But it was, it was different. But, you know, when, when you see your parents do it, it becomes like, oh, I can do that, you know, yeah. as opposed to hearing about it, reading about it in a newspaper. And you're like, I can't, I can't do that. You yeah, know, it's different. Uh, when you grow up around it, because um, I've had conversations with people and they say, you know, I never like 
thought I would be an entrepreneur or I didn't know anything about, you know, starting right. my own business. Yeah. That was never the case for me. Right. And there's so many people now that have their own businesses and some of them, you're right. They're side hustles. They have a job and they're doing these things mm -hmm. on the side. Some of them are really, you know, either they lost their job or they were so dissatisfied. They're like, forget this. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're going at it. So do you remember what the first business was that you started? Oh, it was a lemonade stand. Definitely. <laughs> so this was early on, right? This was yeah. um, before her marketing company. Um, it was a lemonade stand with my sister and like a few friends in our, in our neighborhood. Yeah. And I remember I had like $20 and I felt like super rich. And I was like, Oh my gosh, we should start a lemonade stand. I have this $20. Let's go buy, you know, some sugar and right. some lemons and like, you know, the supplies. So I went with my mom, we bought those supplies, we set up this table and then we ended up making, you know, a good amount of money. We made more than the $20 that I had just spent. Profit. There you go. <laughs> yes. It was so amazing. Um, and then everyone was like, oh my gosh, maybe it was like a hundred bucks. They were like, wow, we get to split this, you know, five ways. And I was like, hold on guys. I got to get my <laughs> 20 get my back, here. back first. You know? <laughs> exactly. you know? So that was like my first like move as like an entrepreneur or a business owner with the idea. And I'm like, wait a second, I have to get my money back first. Yeah. And you're then we can split up the profit. Right. <laughs> Exactly. Split up profits. <laughs> Don't give them your money first, right? Yeah. No, That's like cash flow. But after that, I mean, I've started so many, I've had so many business ideas and started so many different things. It's honestly hard to keep track. The other day, someone just reminded me of something that I did like early on. And I was like, oh my God, I did. I was like, I totally forgot <laughs> about that. Because for me, it wasn't something that was like sustainable or something that I saw long-term. And right. I, I had like two hiccups with it. And then I was like, oh, I'm done. Like, this is not for me. Like, right. oh, I can't. Um, so but yeah, I went on. successful ones that you remember? Okay. So after working with my mom, I definitely started um, an event planning like business. Like I basically like sprouted out from her, but then she just fed me all the clients. But <laughs> I didn't have to say that I worked for her. It was right. my business. And, um, you know, I got events, to make. Like company events? Yeah. Yeah. corporate events. Got so, it. Okay. um, and which was really cool because it, it was like, it was like your mom helping you get set up, which is what I hope to do for all of my children. You know, like right. you don't necessarily have to start from scratch. You don't have to figure out all these things. She's going to do this for you. And right. she's kind of learning it. Don't right. And she's funneling me these, these clients. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, then one of the, the most successful up until now was, or up until, okay, two. So when we were in Florida, uh -huh. I decided I would, I got really into like natural products and stuff. So I started creating, um, these natural like body scrubs mm -hmm. that my husband and I would go around and sell them at different farmers markets and trade yeah. shows and like just markets. Cause there's tons of those in Florida. Right. Um, it's just like the perfect weather, the perfect environment. And like that was, around, yeah. oh my gosh, it was amazing. Like, I just remember like, like you know, setting up like my booth. Drawer, like, and they had different ingredients and you use them. In yes. the shower. Yeah. It. Essential yeah. oils, you know, all that good yeah. stuff. Um, so we had like, you know, a, a line of these and right. they were just so popular. I don't know if it was because, you know, you scrub up real good and then, you know, it, it just makes your, you know, your legs and your arms feel wonderful. 
when people are getting like beach ready, you know, or pool ready, since we're all in Florida. Um, but we did that so well. And that actually covered our expenses. And we were like, holy Nikes, like we are actually just running a business and like we're not working for other people. And it's paying for us and four kids to live, you know, by the beach in Florida. It was really cool. That was really, nice. really cool. Nice, nice, nice. And I think some of the, the natural products and stuff you can do, like, you don't need like a chemist to do it. And, no. You know, co-packers and stuff like that. Yeah, right. So small. we just concentrated on um, things that we used that were, you know, easier to make. Yeah. Um, and we had like body butters that were with, right. I mean, it was pretty cool, but I just loved it. You know, you got to design your whole little booth and people would come and it was called skin smoothies. Yeah. And um, they would come to our booth and we had regular customers and we would go to, you know, different locations. It was just the cutest little thing. Now, what happened with that business? What happened with that business? This is a good yeah. question. Okay. So we decided, well, we got too big for our britches. This would happen. We took the business that was super mobile and okay. then we opened like a little boutique that was attached to like this natural holistic like healing center because they had an opening and they were like, oh my gosh, we're looking for like a retail establishment to occupy this space at our center. So we did that and then neither one of us wanted to sit there all day and keep those doors open, but we could not afford to hire someone. And I was like, oh, why did we do this? Like brick and mortar is not our well, space. We right. don't want to do this. Like we should have just, you know, kept with the, the pop-up shops and, you know, selling it online. So that's kind of what happened to that. But we tried to transition, right? Cause we were like at this place and this kind of goes into the next part of the story, but we were at this place where we were like, just kind of looking for something different. We yeah. were like, uh, doing the same old, same old it felt. And that's when we moved to Florida and started this business of, you know, doing these, these products. We were like sitting around one day in like a suburban neighborhood in, in, in Georgia. And we were like so young and all our neighbors were like much older than us. Like everyone had their stuff together. Like we were like a super young family and we were just like, why are we doing this? This is so boring. Like what else are we supposed to be doing right now? Like, what else is there? Right. And we came up with, like, three big adventures. So we were like, okay, what would be, like, something really cool, like, cool ways to live? So we are like, okay, we've never lived, like, right by the beach. So we could definitely find, like, a little beach house to rent to where, like, the backyard is the beach. And that would be super cool. Um, then we were like, oh, it would also be cool to live on the water. So if we could learn to sail and, be, you know, live on a sailboat, that would be amazing. Yeah. And then third, we were like, or, you know, we could also just buy an RV and travel around. Yeah. I've always wanted we could to do that. Be. Yeah. That would be amazing. So we started with the simplest of all three, which was just buying or just renting the place by the beach, which yeah. we loved. And we did that. And then we came to Georgia and we tried this little pop-up shop and we we're like, mm, we don't like this. Um, and we decided like just off of those two things, like living by the beach, we realized wasn't really for us. Once the first tropical storm <laughs> came through. Yeah. You're like, oops. Everything flooded. Oh. It was horrible. And we we're like, oh, this isn't for us. And that actually led into that establishment in Florida, right? Or that, that brick and mortar place. Mm -hmm. And we we're like, uh, I think, you know. If we don't like living by the water and also 
there was an incident where the kids were swimming with sharks and I was like, Oh no, this swimming is with girl. sharks, like little, like little sharks that people were like, Oh, that's, they okay. don't really bother you. They're cute. They don't bother you. And I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> so <laughs> concerning. That is so funny. So we realized we're not really water people. So the sailboat right. was out. No need to learn how to sail because right. we won't be, you know, purchasing a sailboat or anything <laughs> like that. So we said we should do the RV. So we, uh, we bought an RV and we renovated it. And to say we renovated it is, <laughs> is just comical because now people really renovate. RVs. Oh yeah. They you don't see just... this stuff on YouTube. These people that yeah. are like the van conversion and they gut these things and they, yeah. right? Nuts. We did no such thing. We painted right. it like a seventies yellow. Um, and yeah. we put in some new cushions and like called it. You were in the Partridge family bus. You weren't in the <laughs> tiny house bus, you know? Yeah. So funny. Yeah. So we thought we were going to take that business on the road. I mean, makes sense, right? It did. We were like, no, the pop up shops is where it's at. We'll just go to different locations, you know, across the country. Like, of course, there's going to be, you know, farmers markets, trade shows, all this stuff in other cities and states. So that was the plan. In the van? No one thought about that. Oh, yeah. No, that's not. That's really funny. We didn't. You know, it's funny because it sounds like you and your whole family, they're, you're all like right brain entrepreneurs, right? You're creative, you're driven, you can't sit still, you want to do the new thing. But then actually writing it down and creating a business plan and saying, well, wait, wait a second, where are we going to make this stuff? You would know that, yeah. right? If you did it, but you're, you're excited about it. That's how life works. Yeah. Yeah. We were very excited. We did not think about a few different things, a couple of different things. Where are we going to make the product? Right. How are we going to store the product? Because we had four kids and ourselves in an RV. There wasn't a lot of storage. So where, like, where are we going to keep this big tent? And I mean, it was just a mess. How big was and the then, RV? Oh, it was tiny. It was like 20 something feet. Like it oh, was geez. tiny. With the five tiny. of you? Six, Six of you. Six. And then um, the last piece was we'd never even stepped foot in an RV before we bought one and decided to do this. Like we didn't know anything about RV. So, um, you know where, to, where you can drive, where to stop and how to hook up, right. And how to clean the thing and how to, you know, all we this didn't stuff. know any of it. Like our, our parents were like, um, do you guys want to leave the kids with us? Like maybe you two go on this adventure and you leave the kids here. They'll be fine. Cause they didn't think it would last long. They were like, we'll give yeah, them a month. Back in a week. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. How old yeah. were the kids? Uh, the twins were two and then we had a five and an eight year old. So mm-hmm. what'd you do about school? Would you homeschool them on yes. the road? Yeah. So okay. that was, I mean, the whole plan was just the craziest idea. And I couldn't believe eight years later, we were still doing it. I mean, obviously really? we had, so you were on yeah. the road for eight years doing these things. Well, but it's probably a great way to see the country and the kid had all kinds of great experiences even though yeah. probably looking back, it was nuts, right? But probably, it was nuts. It was yeah. nuts when we first got started. But I mean, obviously, we figured it out around yeah, along the way. Years, right? Of course. But after that first, the first trip, the business was out. We were like, nope, we're just going to do seasonal jobs. Um, I love to write. I've always wanted to be like an author. Living in Seattle, which is so funny, we live here now. Um, so anyway. Um, I would just write like magazine articles for like different RV and camping publications. And that's pretty much how we funded it, but it was not with the products. <laughs> like, wow. How many States did you visit? 
remember? We did like 42, maybe? 42. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was really fun. Yeah. We had, <laughs> we had a lot of uh, adventures, and that's, that's sure. what we were looking for. Um, so that literally was like setting up campfires wherever you go, right? I mean, you're yet, because a lot yes. of it's outside the van. You're sitting. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I used to call my husband. I nicknamed him the Campfire Caveman. Because it's like once he was introduced to the campfire, which we really never had a campfire before. There was no need for us to have. A we never went camping. Once right. he was introduced to campfires, like he was, he always had to have one going. Yeah. And I was like, what? No, it's I like so I primal. What is wrong that? with it's you? So primal. Yeah. You want to? <laughs> you want to? You pull into your wherever you're going. You want to get. That's the first thing you want to do, right? That's what yes. civilization has. Fire. So you got to get it fire. going. Yeah. So Something is going on animals. with you. Yeah, I know. Like, is that funny? Because, I mean, he wanted always to have a fire, which was fun, which was fun because that meant we were always outside, right? Yeah. Um, he wanted to cook on the fire, which that was a fun new experience. One time, him and, like, one of the the neighborhood, like, bachelors, like, I don't know, we were camping at the state park, and there was a single guy and he was just camping and he just was always looking for like, you know, someone to do something with. Well, they team up and they decide they're going to like make beef jerky, like on the <laughs> campfire. And it took so long. They were out there for hours. It was like, yeah, a how do you do beef jerky? It's like dried meat. Don't you have to like hang it in the tree or something? You can't. That's pretty funny. It was so crazy. That's they had funny. to get the but fire. There was a kitchen just, also in the RV. Right? Was there was an, Oh yeah. 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 And yeah, so it's um, raining. You, you wouldn't have any food or couldn't. Cooks, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. That was just so many interesting uh, adventures. Actually, looking back on that, yeah. You know, it's one of the things I've told my wife. Like, I want to get like a super CRV so we can travel the country. I don't know how I can do my law practice remote, but maybe I could. But uh, but every time I get these things in my head, like you said, what the hell am I doing? Like, I don't know the first thing about camping. I once went camping when my son was in Boy Scouts. And I had gotten sick, like like pneumonia. So we, we didn't go. And in order to get his badge, we said, well, we'll camp out in the backyard. We didn't even make it the night in the backyard of our house. I mean, forget about oh, it. Oh, wow. So we were going to go on these trips with the Boy Scouts, you know, where they go to some island with the backpacks. And they got to take a boat over there because you can't even drive. I was like, I can't do that. I'm going to die in the woods. Uh, you know, I grew no. up in suburbia, New Jersey. So, But you're right. You figure things out. I mean, that's You do. And you have like... It's so weird, though, because the camping community, I didn't even realize it was a community. It really is. Like, people are so helpful. Yeah. The whole, uh, there's a whole network of campsites yes. and people. And right nowadays, you can follow them online and connect with all these people. It's I so, know. It, it yeah. has grown, like, so, so much. I remember, like, when we first, <laughs> we, our first, our first experience, um, we went to this campsite in I don't well, Campbellsville, Kentucky. I remember okay. Campbellsville, Kentucky. Okay. Because we were like, we're going to go work for Amazon. Amazon had a program that hired RVers to come and work at their fulfillment centers, right? For the peak season, like the holiday season. Oh, so you would so, come with your RV so you could live in your RV and they, yeah. they needed extra workers because they were so busy during the holidays. Yes. Got it's it. like a win-win, okay. right? Yeah. So we go and we're like all juiced up. I've got the cutest track outfits. My shoes are just so amazing, right? They're like 
for looks, not for comfort. And then we get into this fulfillment center. You're you're running around like a maniac, right? Oh my gosh. I thought we were going to be more like holiday elves. We were warehouse workers and it was no, it wasn't a fulfillment center. Like what I thought it was a warehouse and it was huge and my feet hurt. I couldn't even like pick them up. But the craziest part was these people had been used the people inside of the Amazon warehouses because Amazon had been doing this for like three or so years prior to us coming. They were so used to seeing a certain type of RV, right? Because you're not going to find, well, in 2013, when we started this, yeah, you'd be hard pressed to find one, a young, anything, a young person out there RVing full time, a young people like someone who was young with family and then like a young black couple or a black couple at all. So when right. we showed up, everyone had questions. And this was like in the and, Midwest? No, this was in Ohio. No, this was in uh, Kentucky, you know? Oh, so yeah, okay. Still. everyone had questions. Why are you guys doing this? Like <laughs> what made you live in an RV? And like, why are you here? It was so crazy. We had to answer so many questions and we were just, we didn't even think about when we were like looking online and like researching, like, Oh, people totally travel in an RV. We didn't even realize they were all like retired. Like they were all like people that do it mostly (laughs) 70 plus. So we just were like, Oh, all fan life on online on YouTube and everything. They're all young couples that I saw a guy with kids and they're living on the road and they can. Now it's much more like normalized. You see all types of people, all types of, conversions and you know they're all like living this awesome life so that was cool to see the progression um but it was definitely uh interesting welcome i guess (laughs) that we had to the whole thing so what got you into and we're going to take a break in a few minutes um and we'll talk about what got you into like the virtual summit business or i know they don't seem what i've talked about doesn't even see it you don't see it it's coming So I was working, right? So (laughs) we were doing these seasonal jobs and I had like, you know, all all these things to say about how to work seasonal jobs so that you could RV. Right. Well, then I kind of uh, transitioned into working for one of those magazines that was talking about seasonal jobs for RVers. So they were like, oh my God, she's always talking about this. Like, let's hire her. So then I worked remotely for them. And, um, you know, I kind of just started like growing from there. So I wrote a book and uh, I published the book on Amazon and I planned events for that company and brought people together to learn basically, you know, how to RV. Um, so that's so what the book was about? How to RV, live on the road, still pay your bills, that type of thing? The book was about uh, seasonal work for RVers. Okay. So it. it was called Live Camp Work. So all three things like that, that you want to be doing in your that. RV. Yeah. Like yeah, that. Um, so, you know, we were still traveling okay. and um, we were actually coming back. We were, we were traveling from LA to Seattle. We're on okay. a road trip. The kids wanted to see this attraction, roadside attraction that kind of looks like this Disney show called Gravity Falls. Uh, okay. But it's in the Redwoods. So you can't just go up I-5. You got to dip out and go on the coast and go through the Redwoods, okay. which, you know, adds a few hours of travel. So we said, sure, we'll do it. We're on the road trip. This is what it's all about. So we make this decision to, you know, add all these hours extra to the trip. And I took a spontaneous work meeting uh, during 
the strip and right before we got to the avenue of the giants when we were about to lose service. And I just was like, oh, let me take this call because it might be something important. I took it and I was fired in the car you on what? the road. I was fired. That's what they were having the call with you about to fire you? Yes. yes. This was the magazine that had you writing for them? Yes. So, so you like, weren't paid like on freelance basis. You were a salaried person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I moved up from like, you know, freelance writer to director of operations for that company. So I Got was it. fired from a for real job making for real money <laughs> in the car on a Zoom call with the whole family. What right year was before, this? This was 2018, I believe. So it was before pandemic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know what Zoom was in 2018. No <laughs> I still used it slightly. Yeah. So you so, were one of the um, original first remote workers. I you think know? there was plenty of people out there using it prior to that. It it just wasn't as popular, basically. Right. Um, but why did they yeah. let you go? Because they couldn't afford you anymore? Or they? Listen, that's a whole nother story. You know what? <laughs> what it basically boils down to was... Uh, like a conflict of interest. You uh, like I'm writing about this lifestyle, and you bring me in, and you want me to write about the lifestyle for you, but you expect me to not have this business that I've built up over here, or this hobby that I've built up over it. here. You know, right. and that wasn't that wasn't our agreement. So nice. they were kind of put off by the fact that I had just published a book, and I was like, wait, what? Like, really? This is why you hired me. Like, yes, right. it was such like a slap in the face. Um, so okay. I had all this time to think about what exactly I was going to do, you know, with my life. That was my words. What am I going to do with my life? Jesus, like, what's happening? Right well, now? you're young now. So it's not like, you know, <laughs> I know, like, but it was like such a, ugh, it was just a slap in the face. And it was yeah, just it so is hard. It always is hard. Yes. That's very difficult. And then I had all these like quiet time hours now because I'm like, I don't want to talk. Like, (laughs) was your husband doing something? He was working too? Um, Yeah, he was, uh, he was basically managing what I was building over here. So he was doing that and he was also still doing some of the seasonal work. Um, So it just, we had to figure it out. So I had all this time to do it. And I said, how am I going to monetize this audience because I had built up a pretty good size audience over here. It wasn't anything like huge or anything, but it no, was maybe some people. Yeah. Like 500 to maybe a thousand people over here. Okay. And I'm, and I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? Like how, how can I, you know, monetize, energize and like turn my hobby yeah. into an actual business. And I just told myself, I'm going to plan a virtual event that answers the question that I needed the answer to number one and number two that I had seen so many people posting in Facebook about. And that question was, how do you guys afford this lifestyle? Like that's the question everyone was answering. And that was going to be time. the theme of the first virtual event. Mm-hmm. All right. So yeah. let me stop you there. Cause this is perfect time. We're going to hear the whole <laughs> thing. We're going to play some commercials. People pay me okay. a little bit of money to keep this thing going. And then we'll get into the virtual events and how it started. So now it makes sense. I see the Okay. Jump. All right, so I'm going to play this and then we'll get back in a few minutes. Here's a word from our sponsors. Looking to market and grow your business? Or perhaps you're just getting started and want to hit the ground running. 
AWeber is the best choice for online email marketing and automation of your business. From maintaining a subscriber list to drip campaigns and landing pages, AWeber gives you tools and integrations that make marketing easy and fun. As our partner and sponsor, we use all their tools to promote the podcast and market our law firm. AWeber, the best alternative for online marketing. For over 30 years, the Alternative Board, or TAB, has built a thriving community of forward-thinking CEOs and business owners who want to radically improve their companies. Through unique combinations of one-on-one business coaching, participation in monthly TAB board meetings with other non-competing owners, a suite of strategic tools and customized strategic planning workshops, TAB membership can deliver greater strength to your business and a better work-life balance for you and your family. All packaged in a streamlined and affordable service that the people at TAB invite you to try risk-free. Are you struggling with managing advertising due to a lack of time or expertise? Perhaps you're facing challenges in scaling ads for your store. Are you feeling lost when strategies have no success? GSM Growth Agency is your reliable partner in overcoming these business challenges. Feel the impact of collaborating with a team dedicated not only to short-term goals, but also to building long-term partnerships and achieving sustained success. Embark on an exciting journey to redefine the possibilities of e-commerce and create a legacy of unparalleled excellence. Take decisive action now. Follow their link in the show notes to receive a complimentary audit of your Shopify store conducted by a GSM expert. Propel your e-commerce game to new heights with GSM Growth Agency. Follow the link in the show notes to learn more about all of our sponsors. And now back to our show. All right, Sheree. So we were right at the perfect time where you were telling me living this crazy life. Although I got to say, it sounds fun, especially for kids, like living on the road and everything. But then you lost your job. But you are resourceful. I mean, I don't mean that as a compliment. It is a compliment. You are resourceful. Like, things don't um, really, let me, my son is calling me. Okay. Things don't really get you down. I mean, you're, you're like, well, let's figure it out. And, exactly. you know, yeah. So I would say that. Mm-hmm, all right. So myself. let's talk about this. So, so you knew that other people had done these virtual summits, right? So that's where the idea came from. I had participated in two virtual summits. Okay. One uh, was, I I can't even remember what it was, what the theme of it was. I think it was entrepreneurship, uh, or nomadism. Yeah. And then the other one was a virtual summit and it was called full-time freedom week. And it was about how to get on the road and live like in an RV, but it wasn't, it wasn't about working and it wasn't about money and every, not everyone wants to ask that question, you know? So this was more like, how do you work the RV, you know, water tanks or what to do with the sewage? Where should you park? You know, it was like the fluffy stuff that you do need to know. But what I saw and what I needed the information about was how the heck is everyone funding this big adventure? Pay your bills. Yeah. Because back then, like you said, remote jobs were like these, these gems that were like hidden. And it wasn't like, everyone and anyone was hiring for remote workers. So I was like, Oh, this, (laughs) this might be coming to an end shortly, unless we want to go back to doing seasonal stuff. Um, And you know, that could have been an option, but I was just like, "Ah, I just feel like, I feel like this is the moment because I had seen people just in random Facebook groups, you know, they were wanting 
to know how people were able to live this lifestyle. What do you do for work? How do you pay for this trip? Right. Like, what does your husband do? You know, that was, those were the right. questions the that people answers? were asking. Yeah. What are these real answers? And uh, what I saw was people trying to answer it, like trying to be helpful as some people tend to do on Facebook. Um, but it was a short answer. It was like yeah. one to two sentences, if that, and they weren't well thought out. And I'm like, ah, oh, I really need more like insight about right. this answer. This isn't the right medium. This isn't the right channel for you to be like, you know, asking this question and receiving the answer. So I said, what if I could curate all this information? What if I could curate like 101 answers to the question, how do you make money in RV? And I just started from there. And I just, you know, anyone that I saw online that was RVing, anyone that I had um, reached out to, worked with in the past, like the people that were, you know, doing those those um, RV events that I had already participated in, I reached out to them, some of their speakers, like, guys, I just need you to sit with me for an interview and answer the question, how do you make money in RV? And I just took it from there. Got it. So that allows you to create content for the summit because what you're really selling yeah. is information, right? Because you don't, yeah. you're not going to have like a, a, a room with present with booths where people can buy. I guess you can yeah. do that virtually, but yeah. And that's how they make their money, right? You get the attendees who come to listen, get the information, and then hopefully you get sponsors and people that want to buy tables and show their stuff, yeah. right? But virtual is yeah. a little different, right? Or is it the same? Well, it can be. Okay. Uh, it can be a little of the same. So for this one, um, I just, listen, I'd never planned a virtual event. Um, yeah. never planned a virtual summit. Um, I didn't really have a whole ton of resources because I was like, well, I'm holding on to every dollar that I have because I'm not going to, you know, put my family into debt or, you know, shorten our adventure trying to do this event because what if it doesn't work? So right. <laughs> I went yeah. very lean and I was like, okay, everything's going to be pre-recorded. I'm not buying, you know, Zoom webinars so that I could out, be out here, you know, doing these live classes or anything like that. Um, I, uh, I did purchase a, like a, virtual summit platform called Hey Summit, which I love. I've used them for like 13 out of like 15 events so far. Um, and I just said, so you know what, I'm just going to host the event. Like the people attend through that site. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. So I hosted my videos, you know, I needed some place to host the video. So I was very lean. I was already hosting videos on Vimeo. I just kind of upped my plan a little bit okay. and, you know, got that extra storage. So I hosted the videos on Vimeo and then I just, everything linked inside of the Hey Summit like platform to create a website. Okay. So, you know, you would have speaker profiles. Um, you know, I'm talking to this speaker about this topic and then their topic would, you know, present itself as a talk and we would link the video. And then at a certain day and time, that video would go live. So I did it as a five day event. Um, so Monday through Friday and then I did hourly sessions. So like from 8 a.m. to maybe like 1 or 2 p.m. in the afternoon, every mm -hmm. hour on the hour, there was a new session going live, but it was actually pre-recorded. So it was going live. Like right. It wasn't on demand. You had to go into the room, so to speak, and watch it. Correct. If you wanted to attend for free, because I, I love to do things for free, but I realize, you know, I'm an entrepreneur and my goal here is to make money. Um, yeah. So... I always have a free ticket, but I always have a paid upgrade. So you could attend the entire thing for free. Okay. If you, you still wanted do to that attend. Where you have the base program is free and then 
they they can yes. upgrade or yeah. okay mm -hmm. okay yeah so they could just register the only thing it cost you was your email address and your and your name and like two seconds to pop it in you right. got access to the full event and you just attend whatever you want when you can make it well i allowed people to watch presentations for like 24 hours for free so, you know, if something aired at 8, then you had until 8 a.m. the next morning to watch it. And it just went like okay. that the whole day. If you wanted extended access, plus, like, I think I had, like, some note sheets and, like, an event binder with some information and things like that in it, then it was a um, an upgrade. And I sold the upgraded ticket at different levels. Like, did you want it for a month, a year, or, like, a lifetime? Which Got the it. lifetime was definitely a misstep because now I always have to keep that <laughs> Right, yeah, you don't think about it. You'll be like, oh, great, yeah. me. I don't care. But then you got to deal with it for the rest of your life. Yeah. So I never do the lifetime anymore, but I do like the year plan. Cause I think it gives people enough time to like pick it up and put it down and then pick it back up as many and times do a lot as of you want. Up upgrade? I mean, yeah, I think you'll see like for my events, I see between like 15 and like 18 and a half percent of the people who register upgrade to one of those paid tickets. So if you have thousands of people registering for these events, then, you know, you can make a substantial amount of money directly from ticket sales. Right. You also now, have other opportunities. You said you had like 50, 500 to 1,000 followers, something like that. So that was your initial mailing list, right? Mm -hmm. And then it grew from there. Like as people registered, you obviously captured their email address. And then yeah. grew the list So from for there. the first event, we had, I don't know the exact number, but we had over 5,000 people register for that event. Really? Like it was like one of my greatest ideas, like to do that event was one of my greatest ideas. And it you only incredible. had a list of 500 to a thousand and that grew to 5,000 attendees. Yes. Yeah. Because all of the sponsors and the speak, Oh, I had sponsors for the event as well. Oh, how'd Some you get of those them? I just reached out. I'm like not one of those people who's shy about reaching out for, yeah, you know, I like know, pitching someone. If I have right. an idea, Hands down, I think it's an amazing idea, and I want to share it with you, and I want you to be part of it. I'm going to ask you. Yeah. <laughs> so I just reached out. Um, so convincing people is a skill. Right. Like, just be confident in what you right. know that you can produce. Like, I knew, even if I had never planned one of these before, I was very confident that I could pull it off without the people on the outside knowing how chaotic I felt and what it looked like for myself and my family watching me like you didn't need to see that part you were just going to see an amazing event by yeah no any they wouldn't know necessary. the chaos behind the scenes mm -hmm. you're trying to figure it out they just know that the videos went up the website was there they watched the stuff exactly yeah exactly and so did you make I tell money this on your to, first event did you make money in your first event oh 100 percent. yeah yeah 100 percent. we made over ten thousand dollars by day one wow yeah and by day two because everything was pre-recorded and i mean the only thing I really had to do, like I made it so easy on myself, right? By doing everything pre-recorded and just and and just taking care of day one, I had a ton of emails. So I had to, you know, go through all the support emails because really wasn't that many things like this in the RV space. There had only been two previous events, and this one was so large and right. like stately that people were like, oh, and I did things differently, you know. Um so there were some questions. So I had to answer all these questions. But by day two, I mean, I clearly did something right because I took off and I went on a field trip with like four other RV families and like 
I think it was like 17 children, six parents. In person? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I just handled it. I just handled it from my phone as we were touring, you know, downtown Seattle and, you know, having fun with the kids. Cause I, yeah. I was like, I'm not going to miss out on this opportunity to take my kids out with all these amazing people and experience downtown because I've got business stuff going on. Like, this is why I want to do it. And I was like, if I'm in a position where everything's running smoothly and all I need is my cell phone, then this is amazing. Like, this is the life that I yeah, want to create. Rule, so let's say you gotta be behind a desk working in a exactly. job. Right. No I rule. said, no, I can do it from the, from the, the cell phone. And I didn't even really need to do much. I think there was a, just a few more emails that came in. And, you know, as the kids were, you know, over, you know, at the playground or as we were eating lunch, I would just, boop, 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 you know, respond to those little emails and it went great. So I reran that event. Um, one other time and we did end up increasing that so we got six thousand people the next time um and then i i went on to produce like over a dozen after that for yourself for myself yep i actually um had uh, a couple people that i actually produced their events for um okay. i did one event this one i had a couple partners on the first time we ran it i had two partners um, and we ran an event called the RV family summit because just like people want to know how you afford it, they want to know how in the world you can do it with kids. Right. How do you, how do you first get everyone on board? How do you pack all these kids into an RV and how are you not like driving yourself crazy? There's a lot of things that go into that. So we said, let's break that down and do an event just for families. So that uh-huh. went over amazingly. Like that was incredible. And then the second year, we one, one partner, she went and did like this incredible trip. Like she spent like five months, I think, in Europe, like backpacking with all four of her children, right? So she did not do the event. It was just me and one other partner. And instead of like, you know, just rerunning what we had or, you know, scaling things back, we brought on like a big sponsor, shout out to Camp Spot. And we were able to host like an event that was three times bigger than what we had just hosted because with their sponsorship, we were able to have our main event, main event, which was 100% virtual. Anyone across uh-huh. the country could attend. Okay. We also chose three of their campgrounds, um, one on the East Coast, <laughs> one on the West Coast and one in Texas. So three different time zones. And we hosted in-person events at the same exact time at all three of those campgrounds. So you, you were each in a different location? No, we didn't even go to any of those. We had a host for each one of those events. Really? Yeah, we never left home. Like, no. See, I, <laughs> so, I think, and I, I know you're going to tell me I'm wrong. So I know I'm wrong when I say this. So I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> it seems that the you were like in a niche, right, That that really worked for this type of stuff because you have people who are on the road, right? They're not going to like go to the local gymnasium and watch you, right? Cause they're traveling and they want to do it from the road and mm-hmm. it's itching down obviously works, right? People say, you know, Oh, I want to do business with everybody. Well, that doesn't help you. You were very specific at a very narrow marketplace, but it was big enough for you. Mm-hmm. And you had this audience of people and you knew that these people had the same problems that you had. Like, how do you do this? And what do you, yeah. what do you do? So, so what I'm curious is, have you done this for other industries and what industries you think would do well with virtual summits from their business? 
Well, first, according to that, I will say, yes, I had an initial niche of RVers. Right. And I planned that first event about how to make money. Well, I planned an event called the Van Life Virtual Summit for people who, you know, wanted to live in a van and they had, you know, specific concerns. That was another, you know, sub niche that I, you know, isolated inside of the big picture. Van Life is even more niche than RVs, right? These people literally vans, right? I know. It's like a whole life. Then we did the family one. And then we also did one that was strictly about, it was called ready to renovate. It was strictly about renovating RVs. So inside of that niche that I had, the RV industry uh, or RVers, full-time RVers, you know, there were other subsets in there that I could, you know, isolate and create content for. And by doing that, it grew, you know, um, because my, my, my website live camp work didn't talk specifically to each one of those groups it may have had articles for each one of those groups, but it was like, it was more general. So by creating each one of those events, it grew our community on live camp work to over 20,000 people. So by doing that, I was actually able to sell that the whole thing earlier this, this year as when you sold the whole business that I sold live camp work. I sold the courses. I sold the book. What are they buying? They're buying the materials and they're buying the lists of people and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So we did an asset purchase. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So because I, so, I imagine like if you help me do a summit for the podcast for entrepreneurs, it would be too broad. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. That would be something very specific for, and maybe, maybe it can be done for specific industries. Like we're doing this for this group, but that's well, how I, I see it working, right? I think you have to start with the goal in mind. Like for each of those that I did, there was a specific goal, like helping someone do what? Right. Like, what are you saying? And are you saying an entrepreneur needs to have a podcast to grow? Are you saying um, entrepreneurs with podcasts need to be doing X, Y, Z, or they struggle with X, Y, Z? You have to really identify what their problem is and what they're struggling right. with. And then the event should curate the answer for them. So you're okay. always trying to get from point A to point B for them. Right. So good piece of advice. If somebody's thinking about doing something like this, they should first identify what the problem they're solving for people, not just like sharing information isn't enough because you won't get enough following. You won't be, you had hot topics that people are like, I have to know that I want to know how to fix my van up. I want to know how in the world you live. Don't drive yourself crazy with your kids or how do you pay your (laughs) bills on? I mean, those are three huge hot button issues for our viewers. But I do think, um, virtual summits, virtual events, whatever you're going to call it, a conference, whatever. Um, I think they can work in any niche. I think you just have to start with the right topic in mind. You and your do topic it right. has to yeah. focus so what other industries around. have you helped with your businesses or is that kind of on the horizon, like new? Yeah. So this is kind of open now. So, um, you know, I've, I've kind of doubled down into planning virtual summits and over on the summit host, we have, a signature event, which has come to, um, to be, and it's called teach me how to summit. So it's all about teaching people how to, what I say is summit and scale. Like if you're an entrepreneur and you're looking to scale your business and you want that full funnel model, that's not like relying on like slow growth of like, Oh, create a freebie, you know, wait for two people to opt into your freebie, nurture them, you know, sell them something down the road. If you're not trying to go that route, 
that's where Teach Me How to Summit comes in. That's where a virtual summit comes in. Because, right, because the other route's like a very slow funnel. It's slow. Right. It's slow. And a lot, I think that's where a lot of entrepreneurs like get frustrated. Step out of the game. Yeah. Right. Or just quit yeah. and go back yeah. uh, or start something different. Because I don't like, I was just telling my daughter this the other day. We went to the, uh, to the plant store and she showed me this beautiful begonia. She has to have this beautiful begonia. So we drive over there to get it and we get there and it's like this big. And I was like, this is not the picture you showed me. And she said, right. Oh mom, it takes, it takes a while. It takes years to get to that level. And I was like, I do not want to sit around for years waiting on this plant to grow. Like I like instant results. Right. Please don't show me the end result. If we're going to be starting from this, like, right. show me this. a year and a half from now. And I got to watch this thing grow. Absolutely not. So right. I think that's where a lot of people go wrong. You set out with like this idea, this amazing idea, right? You had it. It's great. And you start to build it, listening to all the gurus and all this expert advice. But they're showing you like they're today when they've been in business for like 10 years and you're starting out day one and you're expect you're expecting to see those results. Right. That path is so long. I I really don't have time for that. So anything that I do, I, I will launch with a virtual summit first. To accelerate it. Yeah. It accelerates it. Like, who are you talking to if you don't have an audience? Grow your audience with the virtual summit. If you have nothing to launch after your virtual summit, that's totally fine. I've done tons of events, I think a dozen, that did not have a signature offer to launch on the back end. The event was the big deal because I was just trying to grow my audience. You know, I wanted thousands of people to talk to as opposed to hundreds. Right. And I wanted them to like know who I was, be super engaged, like really be into the content that I was going to be producing moving forward. And it was the perfect solution for that. Very good. Well, I, you have me intrigued and I'm sure you have a lot of the listeners <laughs> intrigued about how they can use this tool in their business and learn about it. So how do they interact with you, learn about you? I know there's the summithost.com, right? Which has tons of information yes. on it. And what are you also on LinkedIn and the other, you're on all the social I'm media? So bad. I'm so bad with social media. Don't look me up. <laughs> Just go to the summithost.com and okay, send so me we'll, an email. Respond to my email. <laughs> will be the summithost.com. And, and I saw you have all kinds of stuff on there. You have resources. You have tools that you use. I mean, you're very open mm -hmm. about it. a lot. People are like, why would I put that? Then they'll do it on their own. They don't. People don't do it. Well, that's the thing. We talked a little bit about this before we started recording. It can be a daunting, daunting like task to look at this whole event. Yeah. And it doesn't really matter how many blogs I share with people and encourage you and inspire you to do the thing. Right. You're if not putting you yourself are, out of business. No. If you're not set <laughs> on the idea yeah. and you don't have that game plan to move forward, then you're just not going to do it. So I honestly love putting out free content because I want to continuously inspire people to do it, but you have to, you have to take the next step. Like I can tell right, you how to get course. started, but you have to take the next step. So right. and it just builds your, your reputation as an expert. It just, right. you know, right. It just helps and supports you anyway. So what, what does it, what does it matter? And I can't right. talk to my you know family about it. They're done hearing about it. So I got to tell somebody. All right. So I, I think I got to, Think about this whole thing and talk to you about <laughs> it and see if a virtual summit makes sense to support the podcast and support the business advising I do. And, you know, maybe okay. I can expand that audience. So we will definitely connect outside of this. Do you want me and to give you the first five steps on how to 
post sure, the on that. Can we do that on the show? Yeah. Okay, let's do that. I'm going to take some notes, and other people listening, they can pull their car <laughs> over. Don't do this while you're driving. Don't All do right. it. Um, okay, so step number one, we talked about this just a little bit. It's choosing yeah. your summit topic, right? Right, this very needs to important. Be, this is huge. This is right. huge, okay? You need to know what it is you're going to be talking about for this event and what the big transformation is for the person you're hosting it for. So teach me how to summit. Our goal is to teach you how to plan a virtual summit. Get ready to summit and scale. Like we okay. want you to plan a virtual summit to skip all that slow growth stuff. That's our goal. Okay. okay. Number two, you're going to want to identify your audience. Again, very important with these two because everything is going to keep coming back to these two things. Like right. who are you doing it for? Is it for virtual entrepreneurs? Is it for any type of small business? Is it just for podcasters? Is right. it for, you know, nonfiction authors? Whoever it is, right. just know who that is so you can speak directly to them. Sometimes for people who have been in business a while, you're going to have a general audience that you already know about. You could use that audience or you can niche down like I talked about with, you know, little subsets of it and talk okay. more directly to them. Okay. Number three, you're going to take that big theme and you're going to break it down into your topic sessions. So if I go with the road trip analogy, like right. where we start is day one. And the final day of your summit is going to be our end destination, like Disney World. And every stop along the way is going to be one of your sessions that you're going to need a speaker to present on. Yeah, that's how you create your content, right? Yeah, that's where you're going to be having people learn it. Okay, because you don't want to be out there producing all of this yourself. Like that's right, too much. You can do a couple sessions, but you want each topic to teach something that is going to get them from point A to point B. Okay. Then once you have those topics, I said you need a speaker. This is where we're going to have to create a big list of people who can deliver these topics. You can match them up directly, like you know, topic A goes to this person, topic B goes to this person, or you can just create a giant list of people who talk about these topics. And kind of match them up later. But yeah, you I need have a ton speakers. of people on the podcast. I have 300 interviews. Oh, yes. So you just match them up and say, this person right. can do this, one, two, three. And you'll you'll start to see a very like clear picture of your event at this point. You know, it's, it, it's coming all together. And then last, you're going to have to choose a date. Like you want to choose something that's 90 to 120 days in the future. And you want to make sure there are not like conflicts with that date, you know, personal or business. Um, right, or also, or right. exactly. Also, I would try to avoid, um, especially if this is your first one, if other events around your topic have been planned around that same time, um, because it just makes promo and getting people in the door a little bit more challenging. So do a search and see what other things are kind of yeah. out there. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, and I think maybe we'll, We'll clean this up a little bit and put it in the show notes. And for people listening, write it down, and that's where you get started. But that's just getting you started. Like that's just the skeleton of the that event. The There's obviously a lot of details that go into making this thing work, right? There is. There is. I do have a summit planner that I can give to everyone. Uh, I can okay. give you a coupon Free code. Gift. Yeah, Perfect. I can give you a coupon code. I like to call it seventy pages of goodness. Oh. You are so in luck. Look, I okay. just published it on Amazon. This is the proof that just came out. The virtual summit planner on Amazon? Yeah. So I'll give you guys a copy of it. Okay, and great. it will, you know, walk you through all the goodies inside. Um, you can get the PDF version on, on, on my website. 
So, so I'll create okay, that great. for you guys. Yeah, because right. then you'll you'll be able to see, you know, what's going to go in your free ticket, what's going to go in the paid ticket. Like, it'll just walk you through everything. And, and then you'll have a much better idea on if you even want to do it. Moving Super. Forward. I love free gifts <laughs> for the listeners. That's always awesome. <laughs> okay, awesome. This was fun. All right, Sheree, I can't thank you enough. Um, and uh, stick around a little bit. This is, you know, phenomenal because people have uh, asked me about things like this in the past. I've seen one person do a virtual summit. I don't know how they put it together, but it's just mm. a lot for people. And I think it's really valuable for people who are trying to do things online, who want to be mobile, you know, and, and even if they're not mobile, it's the kind of thing that they can start to expand their, their marketplace and, you know, yeah. and through a virtual summit. So I can't thank you enough. Let's play the closing credits and stick around. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Accidental Entrepreneur. Opening and closing music written and performed by Howie Moscovich and Made to Order Music. For information about Howie and his music services, please follow the link in our show notes. If you like the podcast, please tell others about us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and most of the other podcast directories. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star review and feel free to share our episodes on social media. If you have any questions or comments, ideas for the show, or you'd even like to appear as a guest, reach out to us by email at info at The Accidental Entrepreneur is hosted by Mitch Beinacker and produced by Beinacker Law. If you'd like to learn more about our business and legal services, you can find us on social media or visit our website at BeinackerLaw.com. Thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe to our feed to be notified of all future episodes.